0: Equipment, get stuck on Sports Podcast. Here are your hosts, Dennis Stuckey and Brady Beaton.
1: Yeah, it's Monday. (laughs) That's all I'm going to say. That, and please, if you haven't gotten signed up for the golf outing, you need to do that quickly because uh, regardless of uh, what else happens, baseball and softball ends this weekend, and the following weekend is the golf outing.
2: Yes, and while we had a lot of great runs come to an end, this past weekend, which at first, everything's going on. and I was a little disappointed because you knew you had a, a real legitimate chance of all six teams competing, all seven, six different spots. You could get a team further down the road. And we got two, which at first I was like, ah, I was a little disappointed. Then I then I sat back for a second and went, we had like four regional champs this year. If we didn't, if you took away last year, we would be talking about how this is an all time great year. Yep. And there are some programs that are really starting to put themselves on the rise, others that are cementing themselves that year in and year out, we can expect runs like these, at least from somebody, because, yeah, it, it's been a lot of great runs for a lot of teams. And yeah, I got a little greedy, hoping we'd get more, but. Doesn't mean at the end of the day it wasn't an awesome season for a lot of great teams.
1: Well, I mean, we did uh, three state championship games last year in the spring sports, so that'll get you a little greedy. Yeah, it's <laughs> you,
2: you, we kind of you know mentally prepare like, all right, going to be long days at Michigan State. Now we only have one game we can get. However, if it all goes right, I'm we can so. get we. If it all goes right, it will be awesome that's what everyone knows what it is but we'll just we'll leave that for hopefully Wednesday show and then in the last segment we again need to go back and sort out the Sandusky name situation all right cuz so it was it released on like last Thursday but we had recorded the show early because of what we needed to do so it's a little old but yeah we need to talk about that
1: all right so we'll talk baseball first then we'll talk softball then we'll talk Sandusky Then I'll probably remind you about the golf outing before we go, too.
0: When you run with us
1: on a Gator UTV, the engine has your full attention, the herd takes notice, and the trail meets its match. Because with effortless four-wheel drive and our smoothest shifting transmission yet
3: 250-7520.
1: 44 Duraclean by Batchelor.
4: to join our team and create the future of mobility together.
1: The YMCA of the Blue Water area is pleased to announce a Night of Champions Thursday, September 15th at 6 p.m. at the Mcmorran Arena in downtown Port Huron. Eight-time Emmy Award winner Mike Doc Emmerich will host with special guests, activities, food, and both live and silent auctions. Tickets must be purchased in advance and are available at the YMCA 1525 3rd Street in Port Huron. Cost is $100 per person or $1,000 for a table. For more information on a Night of Champions with Mike Doc Emmerich, call the Y at 810. 810- 987 extension 132
0: If you're not listening to GetStuckOnSports.com, that's a personal foul. Your kids, your schools, your sports.
1: All right, welcome back. Tri-County Equipment, Get Stuck On Sports uh, podcast. Dennis and uh, Brady, and let's uh, talk a little baseball, uh, Brady. Uh, We'll we'll start uh, with uh, Richmond. They played in a regional final against Flint Powers. Uh, and lost the game 7-3, to uh, three, which, no disrespect to Flint Powers. I know they're a good team. They beat Frankenmuth to get there. But I was just really surprised. Like, Richmond, yeah. of, our, of our baseball teams, Richmond was the one that I was the most confident about. Right, because they had just been rolling. Yeah. They'd been kind
2: of dominating, and obviously we weren't there. Um, the word I got was a lot of the things that plagued them in the district and pre- pre-regional regional regional semifinal whatever Um, the thing that they were able to mask up they weren't able to mask up Uh, they didn't have the obviously the best pitching performance they left more runners on base and as we'll talk about when we discuss Algonac and St. Clair softball it's the slimmest of margins that decide whether you're going home or not and they couldn't recover and it just takes one day. And if it's a seven-game series, I'm sure we're sitting here going, all right, Richmond's going to be fine. They'll bounce back. But it's one-game elimination. It's what makes it such a volatile volatile uh, playoff. Is like football, it, you know, pretty much what's going to happen. It's usually pretty chalk for a while. Baseball this year has just been ridiculous. And, well, the Team Algonac ended up losing to. No one thought they were going to be there at that point because of how volatile it is.
1: Yeah, I I will say this, though, at at Richmond. I know they're disappointed, and it it should be a good feeling to that program when you're disappointed about not winning your regional. Right. Because a lot of teams can't even get to that point. That is the
2: silver lining, and you look back, and like I said in the intro, um, the, the point where Coach Evans has brought that program to where when they... Don't win a regional, you're going. Wow, we were. This was a bad year where a lot of teams. When they get to the regional final, they're they're all eyes wide open and it's wow. We made season yeah. school history, right? You know, kind so, of a feel. So now it's it's both a curse and a blessing that you feel a little empty after that point. But they still added another district trophy and another league trophy to that uh, trophy case and another banner. Still a very successful season, although we do know that they had the top-end talent to get to East Lansing and possibly win in East Lansing. The only problem was that even throughout the year, Dennis, we talked about it, them not playing to their full potential, them leaving something on the table. And you saw it in BWAC playing. It bit them against Flint Powers, who ultimately ended up losing to Goodrich. And that's the other thing. They could have beat Flint Powers, And Goodrich has just been a horse this year. They have two losses on the year, which for all intents and purposes were scrimmages. They were the Wednesday before district started. So basically undefeated team. So it might have just cost them a few hours of a season, but you would have loved to get that chance.
1: Yeah. Uh, Our other two teams in baseball did win the regionals and then bowed out in the quarterfinals. Again, I hate the the setup, but I'm not going to harp on that. You saw Algonac play. Uh, started with the E-Course game to win the regional, and then they played Edison in the quarterfinal. Yes. Um, so
2: before I talk about the game, I I don't love bringing it up, but there was something that bothered me with the umpires, uh, and it's weird. The all season long, there was maybe I could count on one hand, where I thought the umpires affected the game, or I noticed them. Because when you're a third party and you don't really have a stake in who wins, you don't really seem to notice it as much. You don't notice every slight call that you feel went against your team. But in both the districts and then the regional final quarterfinal, I noticed it. And it wasn't as much the calls on the field. It was yes, both games Alginac played in the strike zone was a shoebox, but it was consistently a shoebox. Uh, but the one thing that bothered me is that they were worried. The umpires were worried about everything but the game, and this is what really annoys me of when this happens. So before the game, one of the umpires comes over to the table behind home plate and tells some tells the people from SC four to change the music that he didn't like the song that was on. It's why are you worried about that?
1: Why is he even listening? Right. And you're he you're be not focused on getting the lineups, meeting with the managers. Right. And who cares what the music is. He's not the the they're
2: not the grand emperor of Sanborn Park on that day. And then the other thing was the dugouts at Sanborn are old school. They're just little shacks that don't have a fence in front of them. Basically, if you've seen a baseball dugout from like the '60s or '70s, it's what it looks like. So in the E Course Algonac game, if the E Course players so much as had half a foot over the, I guess the line where the concrete ended, the home plate umpire was yelling at them to get back in the dugout. It probably happened six times in the first two or three innings, and it's. They, I understand if they're way out. Like you have, they were as a, a safety st- issue. Yes, but they were a step out. They were just watching the game, getting excited, whatever. And it's the things like why are you worried about that? You are doing a regional championship game, and you can't stop worrying about if the team's outside the dugout or not. And the other thing is, I and I know they're. It's technically against the rules, but they had a couple kids take off the necklace that's barely showing and it just was if it was just that alone I understand because you you're technically supposed to do that but again why do you care are you looking for someone wearing a necklace it's just it, it was something that irked me and it was like just stay in your lane (laughs)
1: that's what it felt like i've seen them stop basketball to to ask a girl to take earrings off or something like that
2: which in basketball i understand it a little more because there's more physicality it's a contact game baseball who cares that there's kid has a little silver necklace on underneath his it's he didn't have a big gold flavor flave clock hanging down (laughs) that'd be
1: awesome if he did
2: like (laughs) who cares who cares and especially when they get to the college level, they let them wear whatever they want. What do you think is going to happen? They're going to get in a rundown, and a kid's not going to be able to get him, so he grabs him by the necklace and rips him down to the. I never thought to do that. Like <laughs> anyway, it was just something that really bothered me, and it's like just worry about the game. And again, and widen out your strike zone a little bit, jeez. But anyway, <laughs> Algonac in their first regional final ever. They take on Ecorse and they throw Jake Kasner, and he did a wonderful job. Ecorse was able to get some runners on. They stranded seven runners in the first four innings, weren't able to push across anyone to score. Alganak, in the third, scored a run without recording a hit. Ty Schultz was hit by a pitch. A sack bunt uh, moved Jake Kasner up. And then Josh Kasner was intentionally walked. Matt Meldrum hit a very, very weak pop up into left field, and the left fielder dropped it, and Ty Schultz sco- scored. And it was 1 nothing. The next inning, Seth Lonergan walked, stole a base, and was driven in by a Roman Gairaga hit. And then in the fifth inning, a walk, an error, a hit by pitch, a RBI ground out, and a balk scored the other runs. Wow. So there were five hits in the game total. Algonac had two of them, and they won four to nothing. It's one of those things where it's, again, talked about it, that thin line that separates teams. They took advantage when e gave them three base runners, and E-Course could not. Kastner got out of jams. The, the E-Course pitching did not, and they had two good lefties. They had a Johnny Stavola and Donnell Kemp. Stavola was kind of a crafty lefty, and Kemp was a hard-throwing lefty. They did a good job navigating the lineup. They just let down a bit by the defense, some inopportune walks. A bo- like I said, a box scores a run, and the lineup couldn't score. Can't win if you don't score a run. So they win a regional title, and that's you know first time ever Algonac baseball wins a regional title. First time they ever play there, they get it. That's big time. Yes, go ahead. <laughs> For Coach Taylor and the crew. Yep. So they they make history at Algonac. Then they have the game off. Edison plays Millington. And the first thing you realize about Detroit Edison, oh my God, they are fast. Their kids will steal bags, just at will. First kid for Edison against Millington, bloop single into right, steals second, steals third, scores home on a wild pitch. Did all that in four pitches. That's the kind of team that Edison was. They beat Millington. I believe the final score is five to one. Um, They jumped on him early, and then both pitchers settled down. So Algonac's playing Edison for the quarterfinal, right, to go to East Lansing. And Algonac's the underdog here, but Josh Kasner on the mound. Algonac was the road team. Ty Schultz leads off with a walk. They get him over to second, but I don't blame Ty Schultz. This was part of the unluckiness, a little bit of it, that you need when you make runs. So, he's on second one away. Josh Kasner hits a bullet to third. Third baseman goes to field it. It, like, hits off his chest or his arm. So, Schultz is, you know, doing the right thing a third of the way to third base, waiting to see what happens. And he sees it get by the third baseman. So, he takes off. Well, the shortstop coming over to back it up, it bounced off his shoulder right to the shortstop, and it was a race to the third base bag, and they tagged Ty Schultz out. And instead of having runners on first and third with one away, they have runner on first with two outs, and Edison gets out of the jam. And then in the bottom of the inning, I don't know if it was nerves or what have you, but Edison jumped all over Algonac. Lead-off walk with a stolen base. Gregory Pace... Gets hit by a pitch, steals a base. Keith Smith, two RBI single, and now it's 2-0 Edison in the first inning. And my thought going into the game was Algonac needs to win a slugfest, or at to not make it a slugfest, needs to win a low-scoring game. When the smoke cleared after the first inning, it was 4 to nothing Edison. There were two walks, a hit batter, um, a weak double, I think four stolen bases, a couple wild pitches, and he just went, oh. Like the the tight the air went right out of the tires there. Edison would add two more in the second on a couple of walks and error. They only had in the first two innings on six runs. They only had three hits. Wow. Yeah.
1: You saw some strange games like yeah. In terms of like there wasn't a lot of offense and yet a lot of runs get scored. Yeah, and that's the that's what Edison can do to you. Some of these players, Keith Smith.
2: Uh, I believe it goes by E.J. Gregory. He They get on base, You it's Ricky Henderson-esque. Like, they are stealing, and you can try to keep them on, keep him on, and then you throw a pitch. If I mean, Kasner throws 90, and for some reason, I don't know if he was tipping pitches or if it was coincidence, but they were stealing on every breaking ball. Like, it seemed like every time they took off, Josh Kasner was throwing an off-speed pitch, making it even harder for a really good catcher and Jack Cote to throw him out. But after it was 6-0, the game settles down. Nobody scores in the third. Nobody scores in the fourth. And Algonac had a chance in the fifth. Owen Jacobs reaches on a walk to lead off the inning. Roger Boone hits into a fielder's choice, so it's one-on-one away. Andrew, uh, excuse me, Roman Guyrago walked. Then a flyout, and then a walk loads the bases for Josh Kasner. It's 6 nothing. Even if you hit a home run, you're still losing, but you can at least build on something. You can try to shift the momentum as you get into the late innings. Josh Kasner, again, I feel bad for the kid. He had some, a little bit of some rotten luck um, at the plate. He hits a missile, frozen rope that the third baseman reaches out and snags that takes away probably a double. And probably at least two runs scoring for Algonac. And you knew right there, you could just feel everyone in the Muskrat dugout and in the Muskrat uh, stands just go, it's just not our day. And it wasn't. They ended up losing uh, nine to one. Edison's Michigan commit. Gregory Pace added a three run home run in the bottom of the sixth when the game was all but over. And Algonac pushed across one in the bottom, in the top of the seventh, I believe. Um, Let me, yeah, Ty Schultz had an RBI single. So he reached base three times in the loss. But a great season. Yeah. Algonac's run comes to an end, nine to one to Edison. And they have nothing to be ashamed of. Uh, I don't think before the season. Dennis, I don't think we are expecting them to play in a quarterfinal. I don't think a lot of people outside of the Algonac were, but this is a program that really is starting to come on strong and not just one off year. They didn't just this wasn't like a magical class cut. They they've they're spreading it out young and old. I expect Algonac, maybe not I'm not going to say they expect them back in a quarterfinal, but I expect them to be one of the better teams in the area again next year and congratulations to the muskrats on a great season i know it ends kind of on a sour note but you were one of the last eight teams standing in the state and that's more than a lot they were them and mooney were the two last baseball teams standing in our area
1: Uh, i I kind of remember that before the season started we're like hey elginak is on our watch list then they played richmond early in the season and we're like yeah Algonac's not on our (laughs) list anymore yeah Yeah. (laughs) and then like with within two weeks They're back on the list, and we're like, hey, Algonac's good.
2: Right, because last year they were good, but they had a stretch where they struggled in the middle of the year, and then they swept Richmond to end the regular season, and they lost the playoff game. So you went, what was Algonac in 2021? 2022, they they make history. Um, No, Big congrats to Coach Thaler and the crew. I think think we might be able to get them on here sometime this summer. We need to because what they're building down in the swamp is – Something something very special. When you have two programs win their first regional title on the same day, that's a year for the record books.
1: And and let me tell you, Josh Kasner has got stuff. He's electric. Well, the day I yeah. saw him, he was absolutely electric. So it's funny you I realized say that. that maybe he didn't have his best well, day. He didn't but. at the start. He walked a
2: couple and then, you know, when you walk a couple, one hit is amplified. He ended the day with eleven strikeouts.
1: Yeah, he's got and great movement. He
2: walked so after mm. the first two innings, he had walked four batters and hit two. He didn't hit anyone and he didn't walk anyone after that point. After the second inning, he gave up just one hit. Excuse me, he walked one after, so he walked five total. I missed that one. So, yeah, once he settled down, and again, you're pitching in your school's first ever quarterfinal game. The kid's still a sophomore. Yeah, and you can't and fair or not the expectations were on him you know when he's on the mound you you think okay we have a chance and well hey young well, kid it's do. a learning experience they do
1: and for the next 2 years mark my word he's not going to lose many games no no
2: no this is hopefully this is just a step in the growth of a very special arm
1: yeah
2: so um that was Algonac so B-Wax, done and Mooney had a different type of day. They were at Jimmy John's and they played Royal Oak Shrine first, a team they got, I think they got Merced the first time they played. In the second game, they lost by a run. And Nate Super goes out, throws a gem and absolutely shuts down Shrine. They win it 3-1, to one, win what we believe is their third straight regional title. So let's do this. Mike Rice and a crew. Again, talk to people at Mooney ask where the program was eight nine years ago for it now to be a d4 power is incredible so they win that and then they have to go on to face Riverview Gabriel Richard and Dennis you can tell me if I'm out of line saying this but in my head my thought is before the day if Mooney beats Shrine they're going to East Lansing I didn't I had no indication from them that they were thinking that, but you know how we said we can look ahead? Yeah. Because we're not playing in the games? Well, I was looking ahead once they beat Shrine. I went, cool, all right, Mooney's going to move on. They're going to beat Riverview Gabriel Richard. We all thought that, the, that really that was the biggest obstacle, but you don't get to a quarterfinal by being a bad team. And Riverview Gabriel Richard was able to jump on Mooney and I will give them credit. They stepped on their throat and they waltzed their way to East Lansing. A ten nothing victory, powered by a six run fourth inning for Gabriel Richard. And they only needed five innings to knock off Mooney. Here's the thing that kills Mooney: four errors. Can't do that. No.
1: Of not the, at, not of at the this ten stage runs, of the season, it's too important.
2: Of the 10 runs, two were earned. Yeah, yeah, that's that's a sour way to end a season and a team that had state title aspirations, and for good reason, and their run comes to an end. But again, I want to put it in perspective again. Cardinal is a team that's now won three straight regional titles. It's a team that's baseball program was on life support not all too long ago, and yeah, that's still something to be really proud of because once you get, I'd say, to a regional final, it's kind of a crapshoot. Unless you're St. Mary's who has MLB players on their team, anybody can beat anybody in baseball, and it's not as much of a sure thing as I think me or you would like it to be, Dennis, because I would say Again, maybe it's just hubris for our own schools, but I'd say some of our teams were upset this past weekend. But, I mean, you could play probably the regional final onwards 10 times and you'd get seven different state champions.
1: Well, you know, uh, Algonac, it it was all gravy at this point. Winning a regional, I think, is a big step for that program. Mooney, they won another regional. I was kind of in your boat. I thought Shrine was going to be the toughest game of the day, and when they won that, I thought, okay, i expect to see Mooney move on. I I don't know anything about Gabriel Richard, but they're obviously very good. Uh, The one that I just – like, again, Flint Powers is really good, but I just felt like Richmond was the team that when the smoke cleared, they were my sure bet. Yeah. And and I I would have lost the house on it. I
2: thought, well – the only reason I didn't wasn't as confident as you because I knew Goodrich was really, really good. So I'm like, eh, get to the second game. But they were kind of the reverse of me. I go, okay, they'll get to Goodrich. What's going to happen then? But hey, I I didn't really talk to either coach about what happened, so I have no idea if the other teams just played better than them. If the kids were looking ahead, again, remember these are teenagers, and. Whether we say it or not, they look at things, and they know you, you get so hyped up for Shrine. This is the biggest game, and you win. And then you get your regional trophy, and it's like, okay, boys, play again. <laughs>
1: play play yeah. a new face. But uh, when the smoke cleared, we didn't get any quarterfinal wins, but in baseball, we had two regional champs. Which now marks
2: what? the only We've only had, well, no, it's another season where we've had quarterfinalists. Yep. Yep. We've had a quarterfinalist. In every single sports season, if you want to count hockey and basketball as different sports seasons, then we missed hockey this past year. But this we is, had a quarterfinal the first year. Yeah, so in at least in every single calendar season, we have had a quarterfinalist team, which is ridiculous, and it's really a kind of a golden age for high school athletics in this yeah. area.
1: And we had two uh, regional winners in softball. <laughs> in very different ways yes and and we'll get to that in uh, in just a a moment uh but let's grab a break and then we'll come back and we'll recap saturday's softball regionals uh here on the tri-county equipment get stuck on sports podcast Search John Deere Gator for more. Contact one of Tri-County Equipment's 10 locations in Bad Axe, Run, Burton, Carroll, Fenton, Lapeer, Marlette, Reese, Saginaw, or Sandusky, or visit Tri-County Equipment online at tricountyequipment.com.
3: Marshall E. Campbell Company, located in Port Huron, is a full-line distributor of industrial cutting tools, fluid power, electrical tools, and other electrical supplies, providing utility and contract-based services for more than 100 years. The company has a wide range of products that includes abrasives, automatic, Motives, ballast and lamps, boxes and closures, building products, chemicals and lubricants, electrical fittings and equipment, janitorial equipment, wire devices, and tapes and safety products. Marshall E. Campbell Company, located at 2975 Lapeer Road, or call them at 800-250-7520.
2: and they stock tires for cars, trucks, SUVs, and more. Give them a call today at 810-364-4700. Marys O'Goody Goodyear, where your satisfaction is our guarantee.
3: Shopping for a vehicle the last two years has been frustrating for all of us. Inflated prices and misleading ads that waste your time and money. Look no further than Jepson Car Company. Located at 5277 Gratiot Avenue in St. Clair, Jepson Car Company is St. Clair County's most transparent dealership. At Jepson, the price you see on a vehicle is the price you pay. No hidden fees or misleading rebates. When you need your next vehicle, stop by Jepson Car Company today. Please go to www.phasd.us and our social media for the latest updates on Port Huron Schools. Looking for a new
4: career? Magna International could be the place for you. Located in St. Clair off Range Road, Magna was named one of Forbes 2020 World's Best Employers. Magna is currently hiring a multitude of positions and offers a great work environment with competitive pay. Wages start $17 and up. Apply for jobs at magna.com forward slash careers again magna.com forward slash careers get a fresh start with magna international today
0: if you're not listening to get stuck on that's a personal foul your kids your schools your sports
1: all right, welcome back, Dennis and Brady. Tri-County Equipment, Get Stuck on Sports Podcast. Let's talk a little softball, and uh, we had quite a few teams enter regionals. Uh, only two teams survived. We'll start in D1. Anchor Bay uh, opened the day with an 8-6 to win over Stevenson, which actually surprised me. I mean, we've seen Stevenson play a few times this year, and it just felt like Anchor Bay would probably have their way with them. But it didn't happen. They had a tough game there. And then Dakota was Dakota. Uh, they beat Anchor Bay in the final 13-2. to uh, two. But it was, uh, again, the TARS are a program. We don't talk a lot about them, but they are a program that they've been doing this, winning districts, getting into regionals. Uh, they, they've advanced even beyond that in, in recent uh, memory. Uh, so this problem for or, or, them is the co- the coach that got them to a couple state finals has been down the road now. Yeah, uh, and and D- yeah, Dakota is really, really yeah, Dakota's right going to
2: be that team that yeah, that's going to be the boogeyman for them.
1: So I was Division Two over at uh, Detroit Country Day, which is in Birmingham. Hmm. Just to uh, to get that out of the way right off the bat, game one was Isn't it technically in like Beverly Hills. Yes. Yeah, but Beverly Hills is apparently part of Birmingham. It's like Beverly Hills, Birmingham, Detroit Country Day. Hmm. And they're the Yellow Jackets, except for softball is the Lady Jackets. Okay, anyway. (laughs) But I still call them the Yellow Jackets or Country Day. Uh, So they're playing MLA City in game one. Uh, And this is one of the most interesting Starts to a ball game I've seen in a while. Okay. Obviously, Country Day came in as the favorite, but I hadn't seen him play. I hadn't actually seen Emily City play this year, but um, I had coaches in the BWAC tell me, you know, don't sleep on Emily City. They can beat anybody on any given day. Right. Game starts with JF40 at the plate. Lola Bagby is the pitcher for Country Day. She strikes out 40 kind of easily. Mm-hmm. but the third strike is in the dirt. Didn't get it by the catcher, but it's in the dirt, and Forty takes off for first base, and the catcher's got to throw down to get the out, and she throws it all the way down the right field line. It, it hits one bounce on that AstroTurf, and it's down in the corner, and J.F. Forty can fly. She circles the bases. A strikeout, basically a strikeout inside the park home run. I still feel like
2: even the fastest player shouldn't score on an overthrow to first.
1: The ball shot, the right fielder is coming in to cover, but once it, it hit and it's byer so forget you're saying it. it, it's it, all the it, way to it, the fence. It
2: didn't even go so the right fielder was in to back up the didn't throw. Didn't have
1: a chance. Didn't okay. have a chance. Is running in to back up the throw to first. throw went past the the throw went, the throw, the th- the throw right went by the first baseman. It bounces on that turf and it shoots like a rocket. Down into the corner. So it's one nothing to batter in and it's one a strikeout. It's one nothing on a strikeout to start the game. That you'll take that. You'll take that. Next batter is Chloe Bruman. She slaps a shot between short and third into left for a base hit. Left fielder kicks it. Bruman ends up at second. So now oh, we're two batters geez. into the game. It's one nothing MLA City, and they've got a runner at second. And on the last two pitches. Country Day has made just horrible errors. And you're thinking, wow, do the Spartans have a chance to win this game? Is is Country Day overrated? Yeah. Here's what happened after that single. Pop up to the catcher. Strike out, strike out, fly out to center, ground out to second, strike out, strike out, ground out to third, ground out to second. And finally, a uh, Spartan was hit by a pitch in the fourth inning sacrificed to second. Brooke Ross singled so they had runners at the corners with one out and then Hope Schreiber hit into a 1 3 2 double play. That's uh yeah the way you want to spin it. Well, it was a it was a safety squeeze. Mm-hmm. Pitcher picks up the ball, throws to first for the out, first baseman fires it back to home in time to get the runner at the plate. Just a bad jump from third. Well, you know, she was waiting. She was waiting for the pitch. She waited for the pitcher to pick up the ball because the bunt was close to home, and then she waited for the throw Mm -hmm. to take off. Um, And, you know, that's just kind of the way that turned out. Uh, And Emily City, the the next chance they had was in the seventh when they got runners at uh, first and second with two outs but it was too little, too late. They end up losing the game 7-1. The big inning for Country Day was the bottom of the fourth. This was a 1-1 game going into the bottom of the fourth, and Country Day wasn't doing anything against Natalie Stone. And then all of a sudden, Bagby singles. Taya Dixon singles. They got runners at the corner. Stone gets a strikeout, but then throws a wild pitch, and they're down 2-1. to And then there's another single, to put two runners on, and then there's a single and an error out in right field that allows two runs to score and the runner to get over to third. and Then another single uh, after a pitching change scores a run, and it's it's five to one. And at that point, you're like they're they're too far behind. Like if they could keep this within a run, they've got a chance. Right. But now they're ju- they're too far behind. A uh, couple tack on runs in the uh, sixth for uh, Country Day. A two run single by. Uh, Emer McGreevy, they had some great names. Country mm-hmm. Day's got some great names. McGreevy uh, was one of them. They have a Muscovin. <laughs> they, got, they got some cool names. So seven-one Country Day wins uh, that one. They out-hit Emily City eleven to four. Bagby was good. She struck out ten, uh, only walked uh, one hitter and hit one hitter. So she, she had a she had a great line, but. I didn't feel like she was overpowering. Right. So, like, I didn't leave that game going, oh, St. Clair's not going to have a chance if, if they win against this girl. You know, the, the, they'll be all right. And the Saints came out in game two against Luther North. They lost the coin toss, and that was the only bad thing that happened to them in this game. First inning, seven runs. Wow. Here come the Saints marching in. Maddie Cole struck out to start things, but then Hadley Schwartz doubled. Avery Paul reaches on a, a a double error. The shortstop kicked it, and then the first baseman, once she got the late throw, I don't know what she was doing, but she didn't throw the ball to anybody who was looking for it. So you you got, you know, Claire Borg then singled in a run. Pavlo got a single. Schweighoffer got a walk. Peyton Malcolm reached on an error. Uh, Luther North made four errors in the first inning. Ooh, um, uh, two-run single from Savannah Clark, RBI single from Cole in her second at bat of the uh, inning. So in the inning, the uh, the Saints had five hits, a walk, and four Country Day, or excuse me, four Luther North errors to get seven runs. Wow, game over. Yeah. Game over. Yeah, which we kind of thought going
2: into it. St. Clair's tougher game was going to be the second one. Yeah,
1: uh, Borg singled in a run in the second to make it eight to nothing. Uh, Luther North got a run in the bottom of the uh, uh, second, uh, actually on a squeeze bunt, and I, and I think they ran the play just to score a run, just to kind of feel good about themselves, you know. Right. And, and that actually settled the game down for a few innings. So it, it, eight to one at the end of the second, it was still eight to one going into the top of the sixth, and then the Saints did what the Saints do: call singles, Schwartz doubles, to, uh, a run scores on another error. Luther North made six errors total in the game. Then Avery Paul crushes a home run to left center field. That's a bomb. Yeah, and it's in fact, if you listen back to the broadcast. I'm talking like, uh, and it's now nine to one Saints. And then I just go, no, it's 11 to one Saints because Avery Paul has just crushed one and this ball's not going to land anytime soon. <laughs> then two batters later, Laney Pavlo came up and she hit a fly ball, high fly ball, left center field, going back, going back, still going back, way back. Oh, this is gone. <laughs> Over the fence. 12 to 1 Saints at that point. Uh, they gave up a meaningless run in the bottom of the sixth, win the game 12 to 2. Three hits for Claire Borg with two RBIs. Paul had a home run, scored three runs, drove in two. Two hits, uh, two runs scored, RBI for Pavlo. A hit and two RBIs and a run scored for Clark. Cole had two hits, drove in a run, scored a run. Schwartz had uh, two doubles and scored uh, twice. So it was the Saints being the Saints against Lutheran North. So now you're looking at it going, okay. The the Saints have picked up where they left off in districts. They're clobbering the ball. They're hitting for power. Right. I'm kind of feeling comfortable against country. Again, Bagby pitched really well against Imlay City, but didn't look untouchable. Yeah, but, but, but I'm thinking, okay, the Spartans lineup is not the Saints lineup. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, but – and St. Clair was the home team, uh, and Paul dealed for the first two and two-thirds. It was a scoreless game going into the top of the third. First hitter flew out to right. Next hitter struck out. And then there was a – sorry, it was a routine ground ball to short, and they just kicked it. And that gave them an extra swing. The next girl doubles to put it at second and third, and then they get a two-run single, two unearned runs and the Saints are down 2 to nothing. And Country
2: Day's probably feeling great because you know momentum's everything. The emotions are high, the adrenaline's running. So if you get a couple of quick runs, that can be killer.
1: Yeah, and and they know too that their pitcher has got it because Bagby retired the at that point, the first two at bats for the Saints were strikeout, ground out to first, strikeout, 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 fly out to center. So they're like Bagby's got it. And we just got two runs off of their good pitcher, Avery Paul. They're feeling good. Bagby comes out, gets a pop-up, a walk, a strikeout, and a groundout. And then in the next inning, strikeout, strikeout, strikeout. They add a run in the fifth that was unearned. First batter reaches Talk. on an error. That thin line, that makes the difference between winning a regional or... You know, or losing in the regionals or playing in East Lansing. Yep. They they get her over to third with one out and they get her in with a sacrifice fly that should have been the third out of the inning with no runs scored. Should have been a one-two-three inning. So they should have the both innings that Country Day scored should have been one, two, three innings. Three unearned runs, and guess what? You lost three nothing because the other girl had her stuff and And threw a one hitter.
2: Feel better about yourselves at the plate when you're losing. Sometimes you can press. You're trying to Make things happen. It's a zero, 0 game. There's no pressure. If you strike out, it's still tied. If yeah. you don't get the big hit, it's still tied. And that's that's a tough way for the season to end. But it's, again, for St. Clair soft, we made a run to a regional final. A team that was very solid. I know they have a good amount coming back. Um,
1: but, yeah. I like what they tried to do in the bottom of the 5th. They weren't hitting the girl. She had eight strikeouts through four innings, and the first uh, three batters of the inning all bunted. Well, one was a sacrifice. Well, I mean, but she was bunting for a hit. Right. Like, you know, they they bunted. Aaron Saros bunted a little too hard to the first baseman for the Mm -hmm. out. Next batter, Pavlo, perfect bunt, beat it out for the only hit that the Saints would get in the game who... my is, unwritten rules. Oh, you can't do that. Well, no, <laughs> it, hey, this is I know this is I, the regional final, and and you're you're only three runs down. You need base runners, right? And you're not hitting this girl. I, I loved. It. I wish they would have just kept doing it, because <laughs> they they have players who can do that. So Schwiehoffer was trying to bunt for a hit. It ended up being uh, they they got her out at uh, first. Uh, then uh, Malcolm. Uh, was up there bunting but they didn't throw her a strike and they walked her so they actually ended up with runners at second and third in the inning Uh, but they didn't have clark bunt and she struck out well and and clark is a batter that put that ball on the on the turf worst case scenario even if she doesn't advance the runners you probably get the bases loaded there and you're back to the top of the order well uh, I mean you're facing a pitcher like that, you're trying to do whatever you can, yeah. but ba- Bagby had thirteen strikeouts in game two, one hit uh walked a walked two Malcolm both times so that's all the
2: the stories that end with sad faces but teams that had amazing years that shouldn't feel shouldn't hang their heads on what their season did. every team we just mentioned did something. That was to be proud of and something that you are getting a number up on that Jim Banner, which no one could ever take that away
1: from you. Yeah. And Libby so, Cody, first-time manager. Yes. Great job. Yes. Because there was a rocky start. I was there early in the season, yeah. and and she didn't know a rule. And, uh, of course, it was Shagney that caught her. <laughs> um, but, hey, the, they, they played great ball this year and won a league title, won a district title. Um and you know, they were a bloop and a blast away from maybe getting something done against Country right. Day. I mean they were errors away. So teams that are
2: still left, we have twos left standing. The reigning D three softball champions Richmond. I weren't wasn't there and I don't have the box score, but they beat Leslie four to two and they beat Lanesburg six to nothing. I know four to two is not a huge difference. But when you have Shoe Boy on the mound, two runs feels like a lot.
1: Yeah, you, you feel I like she had to... a bad game that day. Right, <laughs> and then she bounces, I'm
2: assuming, pitched both games, oh, bounces do back, and they shut out Lanesburg, who we thought was going to be the toughest test for Richmond. They get back to a quarterfinal, and oh boy, before we can get one re- potentially really fun rematch, we have to get another Millington Richmond, a, I believe was our number three game of the year last year, maybe number two. And they will meet in a quarterfinal at Saginaw Valley. Cass City almost spoiled the party, Dennis. Cass City was up six to four against Millington and then lost 13 to 6. Wow. So
1: But maybe that gives us hope that maybe Millington is not as I mean, they're still obviously I, really knows? good, but
2: I'm not going to try to yeah. to decipher any information from looking at a couple of uh, numbers on a scoreboard. Um, but I'm I'm excited for this. I will be going out to Saginaw Valley for this game and talk about a war because Millington didn't forget. That was a game last year that. Lead-off hitter for Richmond, Van Scooter, hit a home run, and I believe the pitcher for Millington was also the leadoff hitter. Zeal, she hit a home run, and no one else scored till the top of the ninth.
1: And thankfully, it was Richmond. Yes, a lot of people called that the state championship game last year. Although it wasn't easy the rest of the way for Richmond. Well, well they beat the yeah, handily, so, and they won their semifinal game five to one. So yeah,
2: Richmond Millington. The rematch from 21 at a neutral site, although yeah, you know, this, this is
1: could... this a round deeper now.
2: Yes, and Millington is a little closer. I'm not going to squawk about that. I just got done covering Algonac at SC4, so, <laughs> so I can't. I don't really have what to stand on. Um, but this is going to be a battle. This is going to be a lot of fun. This is a game that is worth the drive all over and it's a matchup we are very familiar with we know what millington is they have basically monuments built at their school to their softball team that remember i believe was trying to win its third straight state title when richmond knocked them out so they haven't forgotten they know exactly who the blue devils are and i'm not the interesting part is i'm sure they know who katie Shoeboy is but they in their mind they might have thought van scooter girl's gone Their pitcher's gone. They don't have anyone. If they haven't seen what's coming at them, oh boy. And that lineup is just as deadly as last year. Now a matchup, Dennis, I have no idea. Um, In a shock to nobody, Algonac won their regional. And in a shock to nobody, they played five and a half innings. (laughs) Dennis, they have won a regional. They have played 13 and a half innings and they have outscored their opponent 71
1: to nothing. Yes. Their closest game in the postseason was 10 to nothing in the district final. They have not seen a sixth inning. Think about that. They have won 27 to nothing, 10 to nothing, 18 to nothing over Canton Prep, and 16 to nothing over Liggett and I'm, in the regional and final.
2: In Three of those four games, girls were being subbed out in the first inning.
1: Well, they scored twenty-three in the first against uh, Clintondale. Clintondale. They in scored words. seventeen in the first against Canton, and Brown. I think they scored like twelve in the first against Liggett. Now, didn't and there they, was a game at the end of the regular season against somebody, Frazier or something. Yeah, well, they were and up I like I pulled in late, and it was like eleven nothing in the first. Uh, yeah, inning. I think it was eight <laughs> nothing. I think that might have been the final. But this
2: is. not not surprised me. We knew out the way I described it to someone is Algonac had a paved toll road to their uh quarterfinal, Richmond was more like a metro Detroit road, uh, and you had to get through a few potholes. Now, that's not a slight on Algonac, you, 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 you play, play the where tr- they send yeah. you, and they credit to them. I know you love when teams do this, they didn't mess around. They stepped on the throat, they, got, they took care of business, boom, game over. You have zero chance. Thank you for driving an hour and a half to Algonac. Now you're going to play 40 minutes of softball, you're not going to score a run. I don't know if they gave up a hit in two games, and you're going to go home and you're going to spend more time in your car than you did playing softball. Thank you very much. So they go on to play Grass Lake. Now Grass Lake, I believe, is downriver. Or not? Maybe not downriver. Past downriver. Um, don't know anything about it. Really don't. We tried to look it up. A- according to their game changer, they had them at what thirty-eight and three.
1: Yes, and they hadn't lost since April twenty-fourth. Yeah, they they lost their first two games of the season, and have gone thirty-eight and one since. Now, when I was reading off the opponents, there weren't a lot of familiar names.
2: Dundee's a name we've at least heard of. Um, there was a couple – they had played and beat Centerline. That's probably the only local-ish team.
1: Yeah, and I don't think Centerline was as strong this year as they well, were last a, year. Well, they're in a quarterfinal. They they might have had an easier road than Algonac. Yeah. So, well, I think, they, yeah, they, they had one of those things where somebody was open. Yeah, they – I'd be surprised if they made it to a semifinal.
2: Anyway, Grass Lake, when I was reading their schedule – Dennis, I read them out loud and it felt like they played the same like nine teams. They played a lot of doubleheaders. Um, obviously, you are an amazing team if you are 38 and three. I don't care who you are playing. We talked about how volatile baseball and softball can be. Both these teams have six losses between them both.
1: Yeah, 69 and six.
2: Yeah. So worthy of a quarterfinal. And I, let me ask you this Are you at all worried? That Algonac has not had a high-pressure pitch since they played like North Branch, which was about three weeks ago
1: now. It it does bother me a little, but a little less with this team because we we followed Algonac pretty heavily this year. Um, We did all the big BWAC series. You actually saw all three of their losses. Yeah, I, I have seen all three of their losses, and I've probably seen seven of their wins. Yeah, we've done their last the last four games. Out <laughs> softball's <laughs> lost. We've been
2: broadcasting.
1: Yeah. So, but uh, I with this group though, this is this is one of those groups that, man, you, you start with Kenna Bomarito. If she doesn't kill you with her bat, because she's capable of going up there and knocking out three home runs in a game, or going out on the mound and striking out. 15, right? Or doing both. Yes. And then you you follow that up. You've got Ella Stevenson hitting third in that lineup who can go five for five, whatever she wants. It's like the natural. (laughs) I need a home run, bang, home run. I need a triple, bang, triple. Uh, I I need a double, oh, I just need to hit a lousy single here. Whatever she wants, she does it. And, And then, you know, the unsung heroes, Thomason, Vossler, Simpson, Reams, Thaler at the bottom of the order. She has like five home runs this year. Yeah. uh,
2: And she, again, is another leadoff hitter.
1: Dee DeLang, who would be the number one pitcher for half the teams in our area. Right. And that's a
2: lineup that you don't get a second to rest with. Um, We've talked about it ad nauseum, but it just bears repeating. Grass Lake is an unknown. And what's one thing you rely on when you have an unknown, you're in uncharted territories for Algonac with first time they've ever won a, a regional softball title, which I'm going to repeat that both their baseball and softball won their first regional title on the same day. Can I? Yes. You have to give them for Richmond, too. Yes, they, thank you. Thank you. They took <laughs> care of business up in Mount Morris. So that's for Coach uh, Stewart and Coach Perkins but you rely on the ones that have been there before. Now, no player on that Algonac team has been there before, but Len Perkins has forgotten more about ball than me and you will ever know combined, and he's made deep runs. He knows what he needs to do to get his team ready, how to mentally prepare them to go down to Adrian. It's going to be a long car ride for them. They've been at home for, I don't, their last road game was probably three weeks ago. Maybe maybe was that North Branch series? Yeah,
1: I, I think everybody on Algonac plays travel ball. Yes. and go out of the state all the time. I, 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 yes, I understand that,
2: <laughs> but they've been very comfortable, very familiar. Yes, they've been they were in a regional. But Dennis, we didn't say this on the air, but we both thought if they don't make a quarterfinal, something went catastrophically wrong. Yeah, we didn't want to say you don't put pressure on sixteen year olds like that. But off the air, me and you both said. Okay, Algonac quarterfinal, done. Um, Now they have a really tough opponent down in Adrian. You need to rely on the person who's been there before, the person who has taken teams to state finals, albeit not at your school, but first time Anchor Bay ever went there was under Coach Perkins. He is going to have to maybe calm them down a bit because we talked about it going to Country Day. You go to Adrian, it's like, oh, wow, quarterfinal game. Brand new, shiny stadium. with Such a long ride, and I know I know travel ball is a factor, but it's it's a little different when you're when you're
1: playing in high school, and it's been a long journey. I I think they're all right, and actually I think they would welcome a challenge. I, th- I think they and I think they would respond to it uh, too. I, th- I think they'd like to play a seven inning game against somebody. And well, if they can beat Grass Lake and Richmond comes out
2: of the battlefield against Millington with the win, we could. We are one game away on each side from a Richmond-Algonac semifinal.
1: That would be awesome for two reasons. It would be a Richmond-Algonac semifinal, and it would guarantee that, again, a team from the Blue Water area is playing for a state championship in D3. Now, I
2: know since the last time I've done this, we've gotten a ton of new fans. I have not been all in on getting excited about something since our first season of football, when Marysville and Marine City met and they were both undefeated, and that paid off awesomely. And I've been paying for it ever since. <laughs> After that game, I don't think I had a close game till like the following February. So this is me pushing all of my good juju and karma and all the times and I picked I just up think litter. You're I, I don't believe in jinxes. I will say that there is a no-hitter going on every single inning until it happens because what I say doesn't affect the outcome of the game. Anyway, I'm just putting it all in the middle that both teams will play amazing uh, on tomorrow. tomorrow. Yes, tomorrow, yes. Tuesday. Yeah, it's it's been weird. Um, tomorrow, they will both play amazing, and we will get an all-BWAC semifinal and I will be over the moon because if that were to happen, and again, they have two very incredibly talented teams in front of them. If that were to happen, you could make the argument that it is the
1: biggest game this area has seen regardless of sport. And here's what's going to bother me about it if it happens. Okay, Something is going to bother me about it if it happens. As we'll go to East Lansing. I'll be sitting in the press box. And there will be writers from the Detroit News and the Detroit Free Press who not only won't know anything about Richmond and Algonac who are in their coverage area, but they won't know where Algonac even is. I will uh, give at least some
2: credit to the Debt News. They did do the piece on Alice Stevenson earlier in the year.
1: I'm sure somebody had to poke them on that. <laughs> I am. Um, it's No, it, 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 uh, I went through it last year. Nobody knew the hell marysville was how can you not know marysville volleyball for what over a decade decade dominated football in the 80s i mean and 90s and 90s
2: Well, really from the 60s to the 90s
1: you know it's not like marysville athletic programs haven't been places and done things right how can you not know where they are At least Richmond's been there. How can you sit there and go, oh, yeah, Wassel win 35 to nothing? It's the state championship game. Nobody's beating anybody 35 to nothing. And, oh, by the way, they're all sitting there with their mouths wide open when it's 5-2 Vikings in the third inning. Anyway,
2: hopefully that happens because Wednesday's show would essentially be the biggest – breakdown we could get we might have to call in some reinforcements if that happens
1: i was i was annoyed even with with uh richmond had won a state championship at softball recently and been to the finals of next year and we're a strike away from being a repeat champ buchanan 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 how do you know anything about buchanan i don't even know where the hell it is but it's not in your it's not in your coverage area
2: anyway yes disrespect card, played.
1: <laughs> and they'll be sitting there going, that, that'll be the game that they all go out. It'll be the best game there, and it'll be the game they all go out to get their hot dogs. Oh, God, oh we don't know these teams. What are you talking about? They're
2: in your backyard. But I think the – the yeah, I, I mean, when two teams meet in a regional, we're like, ooh, this is awesome meeting deep in the playoffs. I'm just – it was always in the back of my head when the brackets were released and I looked at it and I think we said on the show the one time we go they wouldn't meet till a semifinal. Yeah. And we're like, "No, well, they're going to have to get through some obviously to get to a semifinal, get through some tough teams, but oh. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so we still got to get through the quarterfinal, so Yes, we're not going to put the cart before the horse and especially if you're playing in this game or coaching, you have two teams that have combined for like six losses on both sides, but yeah.
1: Anyway, uh, just a couple other scores because we had a, a D four uh, regional. Ubbly beat K eleven to six, and then they had to play the defending state champs Unionville Wing in the final, and USA won it thirteen to nothing. Not surprised. No. All right, so that's softball. Richmond and Algonac still standing. Games tomorrow. Stream one. I'll be in Albion. Elginac against Grass Lake. Adrian, Adrian, Adrian. Adrian One of those small D
2: three A schools.
1: I'll figure it out and I'll get there. Four o'clock first pitch. And Brady will be at Saginaw Valley State. Four o'clock first pitch. Richmond Milling. there is a game
2: before, so most likely a four if, o'clock. If it
1: takes three hours to play,
2: well, if it, I'm just saying there is a chance that if it's four o five and I'm not on the air yet, the D two quarterfinal went long.
1: Only if they go extra innings and back, I'm just letting the people 20.
2: know it's a possibility anyway, Going four o'clock. we we have to talk about the saginaw the S- Saginaw sandusky um quote unquote finalists but not finalists for their name. I went on a Twitter rant about this when it was announced on Thursday night, I believe, and yeah, so. We'll we'll talk about it because we really haven't discussed it. I sent you the list, but you we were busy, so you didn't respond. So we really haven't talked about it. So we'll we'll get going on the next segment. Yeah,
1: and just real quickly because I'm very proud of it. Uh, with the two quarterfinal games tomorrow, we will have done 300 events this school year. Nice, I was good. 300 ask- games right on the nose. As long as both those quarterfinal games get played. And that's, they will get played. That's, that's a lot of games. So just kind of tooting our own horn there. But I'm proud of that fact that we got out to 300 games this year and broadcast them. All right. We'll get to the final segment next.
3: I also know they care about my well-being each and every day. Port Huron Schools
2: have prepared me for anything I choose to do with my future.
3: Please go to www.phasd.us and our social media for the latest updates on Port Huron Schools. Hi, this is Dr. William Brady with Life Care Chiropractic in Elginac. If you've been suffering from symptoms of pain or discomfort, I can help. Come visit my staff and I so we can provide relief and help you live a higher quality of life. We're on Point Trumbull Road next to Rite Aid in Elginac. We've got your back in Elginac.
1: For all your real estate and insurance needs, please go to our website at SheridanAgency.com.
0: If you're not listening to Get Stuck on sports.com, that's a personal foul. Your kids, your schools, your sports.
1: All right. I hate technology. So, I think I sent you the wrong um, one, Brady. That's fine. Um, <laughs> so, on, I think it was
2: Thursday night, as I said, a quote final three were released for uh sandusky but it wasn't necessarily the finalists it's the ones that the school will be voting on but it doesn't it's not binding i don't know it's been very non-committal but it seems like they're in all intents and purposes the finalists so they are coming from the list we saw earlier ravens storm and knights which we've already hashed through that Storm is the only one that I think both of us are is passable that we
1: I'm all right with it, but
2: it, it does doesn't wow you, me it it's it's fine it's like rice it's there it's you're not going to go, oh my God, yes, I got a side of rice, but hey all right, some rice can, <laughs> depending on what you do with the logo or something, you can make it look good so I will say this this is this is me talking in hindsight, so if you want to uh bash me for that then full points to you but looking back in hindsight they really should have said we are retiring the name after next school year and given them a full calendar year to go through this process and not try to jam it into a, a month or two because it is felt rushed the whole time because the other thing you can't do is you have to make a new logo and I know you're not gonna go out and get some giant firm but you have an art a couple art teachers or students mock-up, potential logos, things like that. Gives you time to take your time in the process. Again, I didn't say this till now, so if you want to dock me points, go ahead. So when they released their three names, they put bullet points on there of reasons why. And it made it more confusing with some of these. And some of the reasons are just bad reasons to name your school something. So, we'll start with Ravens, and I, again, I said a lot of this on Twitter earlier, but I'm going to rehash it for those that uh, are fortunate enough to not follow me. <laughs> so, Ravens, the second bullet point under Ravens says, Jim could be the nest. Now, I appreciate that you're trying to think of other ways it works in the thing, but what you call your Jim should not be anywhere near the top of the list of the reasons why you pick a mascot for a school. That, again, it's going to stick for a long time. You don't get this opportunity. Everyone who's at Sandusky will probably live and die, and the name will stay whatever they pick. So that was one of the... And I went, that's not a reason to pick a... That they can call the gym the nest. Like, that's an afterthought. Um, the student section could be the conspiracy... Now, that's a reference that goes over my head. Yeah, I don't know that. I don't know if that has to do with the next thing that was maybe the worst bullet point on this list. It just says Edgar Allan Poe jokes. And it was at this point I had to make sure that this was a real list. (laughs) I mean, listen, I understand you are trying to do something, but if jokes about a poet that never even lived in Michigan.
1: Yeah, he's is, from Baltimore.
2: is and that's why Baltimore is the Ravens. Yes. We'll get to that in a second. Um if there's a if that's a reason why you want your school to be called the Ravens, then I just what are we doing? Then there's just no hope because that like someone had to have proofread this and went no, 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 no. You might like that, or a small group of you might like that. You That can't be a re- a selling point well, this, of a This is
1: what I'm worried about, and I don't want to get in, in trouble with anybody or accuse anybody of anything because, I don't know, I'm just a guy reporting on they're changing the name up at a school. But I'm worried that somebody with influence likes that name and that's why it's on the like. I don't. I don't I know anyone this, on the committee. I or, thought this was a process where, like, the the kids and the community were gonna like pick some names and vote. Apparently
2: on Apparently, this is what the committee has come up with, and now they're sending these names off to the students. Let me continue with Ravens because there are some okay. other doozy whoppers in here. <laughs> doozy whoppers. Um, but yeah, the Edgar Allan Poe jokes. Like, what? What? So you're change. You're changing the name because of a dead poet. Um, there was just a bullet point that said "fun." Explain to me how a raven is fun, or like that? Why? What does that even mean? It's fun. Can't can't help you with that. <laughs> like, like, come on! Somebody had to have proof read this before it went out.
1: Yeah, G- moving I guess on, it could be fun.
2: I don't know. Every mascot could be fun. <laughs> That's not saying anything. Okay. And then they put the other ones like the... Oh, it also said fits the area. I mean, I guess there are ravens in Sandusky.
1: Are there? Yeah, I mean, there are well, I mean, ravens everywhere. Yeah, they're technically not all the same thing, I don't think. I don't want to get into know, like... Crows, ravens. I don't want to get into... yeah, Blackbirds like, or whatever. The, the, the scientific and yeah. what
2: class and phy- we, we? we
1: We do have that type of bird
2: in our area okay and then here's one um that this one oh yeah it says represents something about sandusky if possible that's a stretch but okay yeah there probably are ravens in sandusky but it said the last bullet point is the one that really just blew my mind. It said not to be associated with pro or college teams. And my first thought when I said, when I saw that was, oh my God, people in Sandusky are going to lose their minds when they see Lamar Jackson play football. Because apparently they've never heard of the Baltimore Ravens. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. Uh,
2: like, come on. That, that one isn't like, a, that's a, an objective wrong bullet point. I don't know if they put it on the wrong list, but under Ravens, it says not to be associated with pro or college teams. And there is a very popular pro team that played the Detroit
1: Lions this year. Isn't John Harbaugh their coach?
2: Yeah. Jim Harbaugh, brother. That was the other thing I said. (laughs) They're going to lose their minds when they find out Jim has a brother that also coaches football. And, yeah, I mean, Lord help them when they finally see Ray Lewis and Ed Reed highlights. (laughs) <laughs> so that was Ravens and though it was just like come on guys what are we doing then the storm the storm we talked about not the worst one it's not bad but it's not great you can do better but it's there are a lot worse I wouldn't be super upset if it was storm Um and it was very you know the, the list wasn't as bad um but this bullet point one was this one just kind of confused me. Um, well, there's two. One bullet point fits the area dash storms all the time. It does, but you can say that for
1: just about anywhere <laughs> in the United it's, States, it's, uh, yeah, and Michigan especially. <laughs> like, what? Like, but I'm not gonna I, like That, uh, hey, that is it, correct. It does storm a
2: lot. You're up not top, wrong. But- but by that logic, you could call yourself the potholes because there are <laughs> potholes everywhere, or the trees, or something yeah. that. Yeah, you, you're you're not wrong. But now, <laughs> this bullet point I didn't understand represents Sandusky. Dash storms are native. Did what? Storms are native. I don't know what that means. Do storms form in Sandusky? <laughs> like what like Form i i were that it storms i i looked at this and i just went what what is storms are native like i i legitimately spent 5 minutes out of my day trying to
1: decipher that bullet point i'm not even going to try Storm- cuz in the end it doesn't matter whether i like it or not i'm going to for or not i'm going to call them whatever they pick cuz it's their name and they get to live with it and that's, and i can just call them sandusky <laughs> <Right>. but <laughs> just that again
2: proofread because this is a decision that a lot of people care about you have a lot of attention on you and then the knights now the knights i just think are bland generic and have nothing to do with sandusky here are the first two bullet points the again these are what i'm assuming are your selling features of why this name should be picked um and why Everyone should go. Yes, call us the Knights. Are you ready for this? Okay. Here are the first two. Bull- your leadoff hitters in this argument to be called the Knights. First bullet point: nice name. Second bullet point: cool mascot. Okay.
1: Well, I, I guess I guess I'm, that could matter to you. Why, but why? Why
2: are the Knights a nice name, but the the Storm isn't? Why is it a cool? Ma- is our Ravens not cool? Like, like again, what is that? Like that says nothing. That is wasted text. Then you might as well have said, "I like this name." Signed, whoever wrote this, because <laughs> that's basically what it is. And then, co- confusingly, the fourth bullet point just says "none in the area." Now I assume they mean no teams are called the Knights in the area. Which is true in the thumb? There's no one, but there are. I mean, we about teams Ro- called Royal Oak Shrine Liggett. I mean, Vegas, um, <laughs> the, the Vegas Golden, Golden Knights. Knights yeah. Pretty, they played for a Stanley Cup a few years ago. Um, here are, uh, and here's another bullet point that just confuses me. Two, they they were spread out. Also, they put powerful, fierce identity as the third bullet point, and the la- second, and th- the last three, three of the last four, are fierce, powerful. So they're just repeating bullet points to fill space. Okay. Um, but here are two that these ones just I had no clue what to make of these. One just says castle parentheses
1: school. So they're saying like, the, again, they're they're like, oh, we can call the gym the castle or the school the castle. Yeah. Which And then here's the other one. Take a ditch. Call it the moat.
2: <laughs> <laughs> the last bullet point. This one might be more confusing than The Storms Are Native. It just says Carnival.
1: Maybe they want to tie in uh, some sort of event or something with the new name. But... I went to Bishop Foley. We had some kind of carnival. They used to send us home with tickets and tell but us you we were, to but, <laughs> but if you pick the storm, you can't do that. Is that? supposed suppose like, you could. Well, that's that, kind of a, a lame festival if you want to get rained on. Cause, yeah, because <laughs> ventures had carnivals all the time. But, did. Like, but I'm just uh, reading that, I, this,
2: and it's, what? And also, colors fit. I mean, I guess, yes. But the point of this is. I am now more confused about your naming process
1: than I was before this was released. I will say that that makes sense. Like if you call yourself the Knights and you stay red, nobody's going to say anything. I mean,
2: yeah, that's again. Those are things that I understand. You have to think about that more because what, cha-
1: what colors do you pick? If if you pick the storm, what colors you are could you? be
2: red and black. The you could, you could do that. You could make it work. Ravens, I think you'd have to change because Ravens, Ravens aren't, are red, black. aren't red. Um, but the point I wanted to make through this long rambling piece is it feels rushed, and again, it feels like the name. I know I originally was calling the a Mots and that was a serious suggestion, but I understood that it was a very long shot. It felt like Bucks was the slam dunk. Dennis, how many high schools in Michigan do you think can boast that they produced an n b a champion and not just an n b a champion the architect of a championship team the general manager
1: yeah but but it, uh, i mean like that's and I, then I there's also bucks in the area yes it's it, also it, it, to me it fits it but checks every box. They don't want to be associated with the professional team. Why because you, it's the, the Ravens or the Knights. Yes. <laughs> like, so that obviously wasn't a concern. And actually, there might be a WNBA team called the Storm. There
2: might. I, I think there's also. I mean, I'm getting really nerdy and no one would, else would know, but I think there's an arena football team called the Storm, too. <laughs> but um, the. <sighs> And remember the list they put out when they were wanted name suggestions and all the bullet points and they were half to do with Sandusky, um, not, no affiliation or a, a unique name. And it just feels like they ignored their own guidelines and said, we like these three names the most. It uh, just, I don't know. And then some of the selling points, you got to come up with something better than Edgar Allan Poe jokes, storms are native, or carnival.
1: Yeah, sorry. I just had to look it up. The, uh, the storm, the Seattle storm. They've been in the WNBA for 22 years. Okay, so you... <laughs> 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 I knew I there see. was a storm out there somewhere. Ravens 0 for 1,
2: Storm 0 for 2, Knights 0 for 3. All professional teams.
1: So... And it does storm a lot in Seattle, so it fits. So I'm not going to complain about them. They couldn't be don't called, know their colors. though. They couldn't be called the drizzle.
2: No. <laughs> so the light fog. Anyway, <laughs> um, with all that said, I hope Sandusky has all the success in the world with their rebrand. I hope it works out, and whatever they're called, we'll still continue to give them coverage. We still like them up in Sandusky, whatever still, they will still be called. plan on, uh, on chasing
1: Algernon girl, girls basketball season uh we're the aldemont network until the record's broken yep so and like like i like i say it's their name as long as they like it i think that's all that's important and if i don't like it i can mumble it or i can just call him sandusky (laughs) (laughs) but again this is hindsight but don't
2: you think a little more time would have benefited them
1: yeah, I'm I'm with you in the point that it does feel kind of rushed. And again, I'm just suspicious that there are people who have influence and and we're just getting a name that uh, that certain somebody or somebody's likes. That's just and a hunch you have no That's just a hunch. I don't know anything behind. That's just what it feels like to me as I see this stuff and I read what, or hear what what you because what they have and and it's
2: not unprecedented when the indians changed to the guardians they announced it i think a year and a half in advance saying they they slowly phased everything out first they changed their logo and then they said all right after i think it was a season and a half Later, we will no longer be called the Indians. We'll change our names. Yeah. So it's not people understand that. Okay, you've recognized this, like you said. Even if you, like we talked about the uniforms and stuff. If you still had the old uniforms, I think anyone with a sensible brain would realize we're working on it. But
1: yeah, we, it we takes can't, time and money. We can't go. Oh, we decided to change, and five minutes later, everything's different. Right. It, it doesn't it's a process. work that way. The Washington football team. It took them two
2: years to decide a name. Yeah. So, so again, it's a little different when it's a high school versus a billion-dollar organization. Well, I think it
1: takes longer if you're a high school because you're not a billion-dollar And you don't have the resources. Yeah. So, anyway,
2: that's it. Um, and in the Times-Herald article, it did say that they aren't necessarily finalists. So, please hit the reset button. Control Alt Delete or Control A Delete. Get rid of everything and start from scratch. <laughs> and if you have to pick one, pick the storm. Okay, that's my final thoughts. That's your final. Anyway, thoughts.
1: remind them where we are tomorrow. I wouldn't hate the Ravens. I, I just, just it, I, in the back of my mind, I know it doesn't fit the formula, but I wouldn't hate the name. I think I, any name they pick, you're going to grow to just at worst get used
2: to yeah. and tolerate it. So there, there aren't any that I'm just. It's a big opportunity, and I don't think people realize that this isn't just something you do willy-nilly, that you have to put a lot of thought and effort into this, and it's not like you're creating a team when you're playing Madden.
1: Yeah. Okay. Well, okay. Uh, you're at SVSU tomorrow? Yes. And I'm uh, – Richmond versus uh, Millington. And I'm at place
2: that starts with an A. Adrian. Adrian. Go south. Don't go west or north. Go south.
1: Oh, I'll, I'll have a map.
2: Yes. So go <laughs> south. Go to Adrian. You can see Algonac and Grass Lake. Looking forward to and it. And whichever game starts second will be game number 300.
1: Whichever game finishes last will be game 300. All right. Well, either way, we'll have game 300 <laughs> for the year tomorrow. Is it, is it that important for you? Yes, because you've gotten every milestone. Yeah, well, this isn't really a milestone. It's just like it's an accomplishment. Yeah. You know, 500 was a milestone, and I did that game. Yes, you did. Because your game got rained out or something. Delayed. Anyway, (laughs) we've rambled on too long. Um, See everyone Wednesday? We're done. We're way done. Yeah, see everyone Wednesday. From Port Huron
0: to Marysville and St. Clair to Marine City, the Blue Water Area is Stuck on Sports.